radio.org.au. Q&A with Archbishop Julian Porteous. Welcome to the new series of Q&A with Archbishop Julian Porteous. We have a new team presenting thought-provoking questions to the Archbishop. My name's Alex. And my name is Jess. Technology is increasingly taking over our lives, Archbishop. Do you think that modern technology has created a better world? That's a very good question, Alex. Certainly it's true, isn't it? Technology is becoming more and more dominant in our lives. Um, Everybody no longer walks along the road just looking at the scenery. They're all busy listening to their iPhones or iPods. Everybody wants a bigger and better plasma TV in their, in their house. We, we really are people with gadgets, aren't we? We all want gadgets. Our car, we want a whole lot of... New, we, we probably don't look at miles per hour in the car or how fast it's going. We really want to know how many gadgets are in the car, you know? So gadgets are everything. So, look, I think it's certainly true that... Um, that technology and, and, and all sorts of interesting things that are now available to us are much more part of our lives. But I guess we do have to ask that question now. I think, are we better for it? Are gadgets, the technology, the new things we can do, are they actually helping us develop our humanity, grow in, in our, our personal quality of life? I think it's something that's well worth exploring tonight in our discussion. I guess a good way of, of phrasing it, Your Grace, would be while the world is a more technological place, is it a more human place? I think that's the issue. You know, I, I've seen it. I'm sure you have too. I remember very distinctly a couple of weeks back, I was, I was at a restaurant and at the table opposite, there were three young people and they're probably waiting for dinner, dinner to arrive. They were all texting. They were all texting. So they were going out from this lovely restaurant, probably waiting to have a lovely meal, but they weren't talking. They were texting, mm. you know, their friends, oh, I'm, I'm sitting at this restaurant or whatever, you know. So it does, you know, what happened to the personal interaction? What happened to the sharing of the moment? What happened to the fact that we're here in this very beautiful place, having a lovely meal, engaging with one another? I think it's a good question. Is the quality of our human life being diminished by the fact that we've become more fascinated and preoccupied with, with technology? Do you think this will create a problem for the development of relationships and friendships now that so much is done through technology and not face-to-face? I think it's a good question, isn't it, about if we, if we spend a lot of time, say, texting or a lot of time on Facebook, we can actually replace the, the one-to-one communication. Uh, I think there's a good line that uh, we could say now that... Uh, that in one sense, our lives are now a mile wide and a centimetre deep, rather than perhaps the other way around, of being having a depth but not having so much broadness because, you know, we're, we're getting involved with Facebook, we're following the lives of so many people, and, uh, rather than concentrating on a few close friends. So I think these are, these are things we need to stop and examine and reflect upon. What's happening to me? What's happening to the quality of my life? What's happening to the quality of my relationships? Um, have I become too oriented towards using the new technology rather than concentrating on, on trying to build 
quality relationships with other people. There are many films, Your Grace, that portray technology getting out of control. The Terminator series, the Matrix series. Should we fear those types of, I suppose, fictions becoming reality? I find it very interesting that uh, a lot of the films that are futuristic present a world that is dominated by technology, uh, normally technology run rampant in one way or another. And uh, the other thing that I feel about these worlds is they often seem to be very sterile. You know, people are dressed in these suits, these kind of, and <clears throat> somehow they're reduced in their individuality. Um, and, and certainly a lot of these films are presenting apocalyptic <laughs> uh, future for mankind. You know, this is going to be a, a terrible kind of um, powers that are destroying humanity, things that are taking over and which human beings have little or no control. We're all battling against this vast array of forces that are destroying human life. Now, I certainly hope none of these things become reality, but you have to say, is there something, some truth that's actually been reflected in some of these films to say that this is what can, in fact, happen if technology does, in fact, so take over that, that somehow it does destroy the, the natural quality of, of human existence and, and life on, on planet Earth. Uh, so certainly have these things that happen, but it does ask the, the question of what would happen if technology just continues and continues? What will actually happen to the nature of, of human life? We're asking a lot of questions now, but I think they're probably good to, to ask ourselves. Well, um, without being alarmist, Your Grace, what would you see as some of these new challenges um, at the moment, without going into science fiction territory, ground in reality, what are some of these practical challenges? Well, certainly there are a few around, aren't they? Like the, the, the worry now about superbugs and different things so that traditional antibiotics are no longer able to cope with these, uh, these things. I, I suppose one of the big issues with regard to the development of... Um, of modern communications is the, the, the many threats to privacy. You know, the whole question of, of phone hacking would be one example of this. Um, we saw this in the whole phone hacking issue with regard to News uh, of the World in, in England. Um, there's also things like identity theft and, you know, you, when you go to an ATM, now you've got to put your hand over your, your card so that they can't get your uh, card number. So there are all these sorts of... Uh, new challenges that, that have emerged. Now, obviously, we have to just deal with them as best we can. But it, it, it does, um, does cause us to stop and think what is, in fact, happening to us, what's happening to our lives because of all these new things. And I, I suppose it goes back to the question, too, have we become too fascinated with things and, not en and giving not enough attention to human beings? too preoccupied with what we can now do through through technology but we're not making enough effort to say look the most important things are human relationships are the quality of, of human relationships <clears throat> the ability to to look at the beauty of a, of, a, of a sunset and not just take a picture of it you know just to sit with something beautiful rather than have to capture it on a on, on your iPhone uh, to look at later you know, it's, it's, it's where things and technology have kind of taken over natural human things. So I think we have to examine ourselves about this.
This raises the question, Your Grace, of balance and how do you use technology without controlling you? We see the rise of ideals of reductive materialism, people valuing things over people. What would you advise or how would you recommend people approach a new technology so that it doesn't control their lives? And I, I think probably the, the very first thing is, is for us to pause and, and say, who are we as human beings? And probably a very important question, for, certainly from a Christian perspective, is to look at the reality of what God has created in us, that God didn't create us somehow as, as just uh, like robots or as, as just consumers of material things. He created us with the rich diversity of, of human gifts, you know, the ability to appreciate beauty, music, the arts, uh, appreciation of culture, all those things. But, of course, more importantly, too, he's, he's given us a human uh, a human soul. We have a spiritual dimension to ourselves. This is what makes us who we are. It's not our consumption of material things, but it's, it's actually uh, the living of the inner reality of, of, of who God has created us. So I suppose the starting point needs to be to stop and think about who am I as a human being? What actually makes me fully and completely what I'm meant to be? What, what's, if you like, what is, would God want me to grow to as a, as a human being? And so then I can start asking myself, am I just spending far too much time in front of the, uh, the, 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 the screen, you know, on, on Facebook or, or playing some video game? Am I, am I perhaps even just spending far too much time watching television? Am I just filling at my every spare moment with um, listening to my iPod music? And, and in that, am I really denying the opportunity for other dimensions of myself to find expression and to be nurtured. Um, I mean, we need, we need silence. We, we need a chance to just appreciate beauty. Uh, so I think we need, I think we do need to examine ourselves about the way we use technology and ask ourselves some questions. Have I allowed particular forms of technology to, to dominate me too much? And if you like, stunt or prevent my full human flourishing, the full growth of who I am as a, as a human being. Keeping in mind, Your Grace, that um, innovation, I guess in a sense, constantly moves forward and is always developing. Do you think that in the area of technology this will be the case or do you think there will be some kind of stalling, there will be some sort of realisation amongst people that maybe this path that we might be heading down, the plugged-in path, uh, might be dangerous in some way? I think, I think it will happen because there's, there's something natural in human beings after a while to, to have a sense that what's happening to them is not good for them, you know. Like we saw the Industrial Revolution, which, which was an extraordinary advance, you know, if you like built around the steam engine. But it also led to terrible situations in cities of poverty and, and, and of all the workers being exploited and so on. So there was a very dark side to the Industrial Revolution. And, and eventually there are all sorts of efforts to deal with that. And, of course, the Industrial Revolution as such has kind of gone into history, you know. Even now, the steam train, which was really the centre of the Industrial Revolution, is now a piece of history to a large extent. 
Um, we've got to ask the question, will the same thing happen with the information revolution, with the technological revolution that we're in at the present moment? Will at some stage that falter? Um, will innovation not continue at the same pace that it has at the present moment? I don't know the answer to that, but it's quite possible that we could see ourselves moving on beyond technology, beyond information technology, which is now so dominating our lives. I don't know, but it's, it's probably a good question to ask. We shouldn't just presume that we'll just go on and on and on and on in the way that we are seeing happening around us at the present moment. You know, I, th I think another good uh, illustration of this is, is you know, the, say the concern about um, genetically modified foods. Now, some will argue this is very good because it's improving the quality or the, the, uh, the ability of, the, of of particular foods to be uh, produced more effectively, more efficiently, and so on. But people are also concerned about what could be the long-term effects of it. It's very interesting to see people now looking for organic foods or looking for free-range eggs <laughs> rather than the battery chicken. You know, in other words, we're saying, look, we don't think that everything is done by technology, which may be more efficient and may be more effective and may be more productive, is necessarily the best. And so people uh, are starting to, you know, they're starting to say, I'd like to go to a farmer's market rather than just go along to the supermarket, you know, to get, to get my fresh vegetables and so on. So, look, I think this is a good human thing, that human beings are starting to question. There's even a slow, <clears throat> a slow move, food movement, as against a fast food movement, a little bit of a challenge to McDonald's, <laughs> to say... There's, there's something about making food, and people are very interested in food at the present moment, making food beautiful and taking time with it and making a real work of art rather than just picking up something quickly out of the, uh, the back of the car and driving through the, through the, uh, the, the drive-in, the fast food chain. So I think human beings do start to respond to things which they sense are not really in the best interests of, of the quality of human life. And, and certainly this is something that uh, I'm sure is, is very much along the lines of what Pope Francis has been talking about. He often talks about focusing not on you know, hardcore development, but, but really looking at the effects this has on human beings and how can we ensure a better quality of life for human beings. So I think it's deeply Christian, it's deeply part of our understanding of the nature of human life, which comes out of our Christian faith. and certainly something that I think Pope Francis himself has, uh, has, has spoken about on, on a number of occasions. Your Grace, you've talked about uh, these new movements to slow people down in a sense, slow food movement, uh, the move to organic foods. What do you think about the suggestion of families taking time away from technology, uh, whether it's an afternoon or a weekend where they say no television, no iPads and just talk or read. Do you think there's benefit in trying to do that maybe once a month, once a week? I, I think that's got a lot of merit. Um, there can be the danger of using technology as a bit of a babysitter. Uh, I'm sure many parents <laughs> would do that. Um, but but there are, um, I think there are dangers to it. But I think that's where uh, parents need to, to look very seriously at quality of life that they are bringing their children into in the, in the, in the family setting. 
Well, it's interesting, actually, that you say that, Your Grace, because I think from my recollection, the Australian government has regulations or guidelines for families suggesting that they should limit the screen time for their children. No screen time, no iPads, no TV for children aged to the age of two, and then half an hour maximum per day for children aged between two and four. That, that is extraordinary uh, claim, isn't it? The, the government will say, say that uh, this, and I'm sure it will cause a lot of parents to have an examination of conscience about, about it, but I think it highlights the fact that that uh, governments are starting to be aware of the issue that this this is not necessarily in the best interests of children if they are ex uh, exposed too early and, and, and often and, and too often to uh, to technology. It's 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 not the healthiest way in which the children can grow. So these these are signs, I think, of the fact that we do need to stand back and have a, a good look at the question of how technology is influencing and shaping our lives. Thanks to Grace and thanks Jess and thank you for joining us for this program on technology. You've been listening to Q&A with Archbishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes or to submit your questions for the Archbishop, visit cradio.org.au.